podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Bhairavi of Strawberry Creek Quilts. Hi. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun this evening, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Bhairavi. I'm 27 years old. And I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, and I now live in Berkeley, California. So I went from one warm place to another. Um, I've been sewing since middle school, but I've only been quilting for two years, and now I design patterns. So to, I guess I'll kick things off. And so we want to know more about the Instagram handle um, that you have. Is it is Strawberry Creek Quilt, like, is that a place of significance? Yeah, so there is a creek that runs right down the middle of Berkeley that's called Strawberry Creek. Um, and I went to UC Berkeley and that was like the little creek that ran through campus and I still live <laughs> next to it. <laughs> so it's named for the place. So you mentioned that you only started quilting a couple of years ago. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your quilting journey, um, your Instagram quilting journey and, uh, why you started quilting, how you taught yourself how to quilt? Yeah. So I actually have sewn for a long time. I've sewn since middle school and I've made garments and then, um, I found the book Simple Geometric Quilting, which is Laura Preston's book, a couple of years ago when it came out, like maybe two or three years ago. And I made one of the quilts from there. And um, yeah, I just really fell in love with it. I just, it was like sewing without the 3D fitting issues. Yes. Yeah. And it was almost like collage. And so I really like that. <laughs> Do you have any art background? I think it's really funny that you asked me that because like, no, I absolutely don't. <laughs> background. Um, I like to like play around with art supplies, but I would not call myself a fine artist. Like I went to school for English and cognitive science. So completely <laughs> what kind of, what was your uh, focus in English? What time period? Oh, good question. I'm like modern. Like, so favorite book is, oh, you know what? I don't know that I can pick one. Glad that's not a rapid fire. How about, okay, top three, top three. Uh, You're on the spot. It is kind of on the spot. And I'm like, I haven't actually thought about what my favorite book is in a long time because I read a lot. But Well, I will follow up with I'm you sorry. as an aside. Yeah. Okay. We'll add it to the show. Okay, now. we'll have a conversation. <laughs> so what was, your, what was your first project in Laura Preston's book that you created? I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> um, but I did take that quilt. I'm at my parents' house visiting right now. And so today I was looking at the quilt that I had made, the first quilt I made that's still here. And I took it outside and I took pictures. So maybe there will be pictures later. So did you, when you tackled that first quilt, you, you had a machine because you were doing mm -hmm. garment sewing, I assume. Did you decide to tackle the machine quilting yourself or did you send it out to a long armor like did you do soup to nuts all on your own I did the machine quilting myself I bought a walking foot um I tried to do wavy lines with my walking foot with like really really bad thread <laughs> and so like the thread is coming out now but there are these like really jagged wavy lines like running across the <laughs> so it's it's zigzags <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. <laughs> 
not angular enough to be <laughs> Yeah, not smooth enough to be waves, I guess. How big how big was this quilt? It was probably like a 60 by 60 or so. That's it's a like sizable. A yeah. yeah, it's a gross size. Yeah. Now I wish oh no, go for it. Oh, I said I was going to say I wish someone had told me to use a walking foot when I first quilted up my quilt on my yeah. quilting machine, like on the domestic machine, because I didn't know, and it's just all really scrunchied, yeah. like scrunched <laughs> up, crinkled. Um, and I think I reduced the stitch length as well. Why? So. I don't <laughs> know. What's your logic process there? <laughs> don't give me crap for that. <laughs> it's like like first like quilting thing on the domestic machine so yeah <laughs> as someone who didn't touch a machine until five years ago I feel like you guys were still ahead <laughs> so even though so you don't have a arts background but we've we've stalked your Instagram and um that's as part of our research and we've seen that in the past you've turned to um you know good old graph paper and pencil to sketch out ideas as well as watercolors which major caps off to you on that I can't just can't um <laughs> but um are you still designing and brainstorming your quilt ideas in analog or have you made the jump to a more digital process yeah I actually use both so I still do stuff in graph paper and I have mm. one graph paper notebook that has all of my hand sketched and pencil like whatever quilt block ideas and also some like bad math with no calculator <laughs> um so I still I still use that especially like when I'm just trying to like play with ideas and like see what happens I'll I'll use the graph paper um watercolor and colored pencil like every so often okay. um I'm not good with either of those like I'm not great with watercolor <laughs> but like triangles and squares I can do so it's a good match um and then this year because I wanted to start writing patterns in the last year or so, I taught myself um, Adobe Illustrator. And I also play around with it sometimes. So it's kind of a back and forth between all three, I guess. Do you find that you're more likely to start off, you know, using graph paper or is it kind of a wash between graph paper and Illustrator? I usually start in graph paper. Like it's okay. just Always. something about this easier. Unless I'm working with something really complicated, like a million half square triangles that I can't like put down. <laughs> it's a waste, the graph a waste of time drawing them exactly. all out individually. <laughs> but most of the time graph paper. Yeah, absolutely. When you have an idea and do you just keep like a, um, a list of ideas or elements or things that you want to explore later? Or do you like take pictures with your phone? Like how do you gather inspiration for new patterns? That's a great question. I think you're going to start seeing like how chaotic this process is because I also Timing. will have random <laughs> ideas and I will open up like an Evernote, like just text document, be like log cabin with Hasker triangles. And like somehow in my head, that makes sense um, <laughs> until I have time to like sketch it up. Um, but in terms of inspiration, I really love traditional quilt patterns. Like I just love looking at old quilts. So that's where I get a lot of inspiration. Sometimes it's museum websites or like random sites on the internet to look at other people's quilts or old quilts. Um, something I started doing recently is going to eBay and looking for quilts and putting like a certain date on the end of the search. And then you'll get yeah. like quilts from the 1850s that people are selling. And it's kind of like a fresh batch every time you go on there. Because you, should check out, you should check out First Dibs. Oh, I should. I've yeah. seen them for furniture, but they, I have not. Yeah, they sell quilts. They also sell okay. contemporary quilters, I think, as well. But they okay. definitely have 
I feel like I'm always seeing them on Pinterest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Hot tip. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. I mean, if I could, I would just go to people's garage sales and look at their clothes, but there's not like a ton of those around me. I don't think. Well, you d- yeah. Didn't you recently pick up a uh, old faff machine for like two hundred dollars? I did. At I a did. That was garage sale. Yeah. Not you even a garage random sale. find. That was a Facebook marketplace. Somebody I was following oh, said they found yeah. an old bath machine for like $150, $200. And I was like, I should look in my area. And I searched and there was one near me. So I just went like the next day and I picked it up from this wonderful lady who like had just quilted a long time and was selling that old machine for a run. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. And have you had any trouble with it since you um, got hold of it? No, it's like 10 years old, but was only used for a year. And it was kept in pristine condition by people who quilted for a long time. So, wow. wow it was awesome. a really lucky yeah. find. <laughs> so check Facebook Marketplace for old <laughs> bath machines. <laughs> Very specific. So yes. that, that is, that's an yeah. awesome find. Right? And the funny thing is the person who had posted about finding a machine right before I looked, um, they found the same model. Like we have the same model of machine. <laughs> no like, way. You got, you got the better in, like, one? Iowa. No, they're like literally the same machine. <laughs> this sounds like, this sounds like a scheme. Like there's gotta be some, <laughs> there's gotta be something wrong with these pristine FAF machines. I'll let you know. I've been selling mine for a few months now, so. I'll let you know. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you're really inspired by uh, antique quilts and traditional quilt blocks and things like that. Um, can you kind of describe how you take these and um, reimagine them in your own patterns? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I just play with things a lot in terms of images. Like I will start with like five versions of a log cabin and they will mostly look normal. (laughs) Like I'll just go from there. Um, but it's a lot of sketching. Like I just end up with tons and tons of sketches that are never going to be a quilt, but I'm just trying to see what I like visually and what seems to work for me. Do you have like a, um, do you give yourself like an amount of time to play with sketches and things like that? Or do you just like, you know, is it just a constant thing? Pick up, pick down, put down constant thing not like a, a daily practice or anything it's more just like every few days if I have a couple hours I'll like sit down and sketch yeah <laughs> that part of the process is very like haphazard for me it's like just whenever I feel like to <laughs> sit down and sketch and eventually I will like something enough to turn it to pull. so speaking of process um, of design could you describe your your quilting style for those who may not have seen your work before Modern traditionalism, which you could guess. <laughs> Modern traditionalism with like bright colors is what I'm playing with right now. Do you do mostly? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm asking a leading question. Do you do mostly like uh, repeating block patterns, or are you doing more bigger designs? <laughs> What's your relationship with negative space? I, you know what? I think <laughs> Anna. <laughs> I knew Anna would get an ooh on that one. Right now, I am on, like, a block pattern kick. Like, that is mostly what I've done. And I think for now, that's what I will continue to do. I will say I'm, like, fascinated by people who do, like, medallion-style designs. And I get, like, really into other people's medallion-style designs. Um, But for the most part, it's just blocks. They just make me so happy. (laughs) Do you find yourself working with the same size block often? Or is, you know, is it kind of all over the map? 
it is all over the map. And <laughs> all of my answers to all of these questions are just going to be all of the things. <laughs> chaotic so process. it's modern, traditional, haphazard quilting. <laughs> there we go. That's a good haphazard haphazard modern, traditional quilting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things about quilting is just getting to play with shape and color and fabric and like mm-hmm. also sometimes make things that suck. And so <laughs> I feel like a lot of times, like I, I will just kind of like during the design process, I will just kind of throw stuff at a wall. And then once I find something I like, I will try to break it down and, you know, do the math and find the right block size where it's easy to sew, but like the cutting isn't weird. Fair enough. I find it fascinating fascinating is like, you know, sometimes when you are drawing out your sketches and as you're kind of breaking it down, you kind of discover different shapes. Um and those shapes end up being your actual design, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I find if you set your printer to weird settings. It's fun. <laughs> I'm saying it is a fun roller coaster of finding new designs. I highly recommend. Is it. that what you do during your free time, Amanda? I'm just printing random shapes all the time. <laughs> That's all I do. So you recently made the jump from corporate life um, to being a pattern writer full time. So what inspired you to make the move? Um, and have you found the transition from working? for a company to working for yourself? Like, how's that been like? So just for some background, I used to work in tech. Um, I did a lot of um, software implementation and then professional services and customer success stuff. Um, worked at a couple startups. And I, I'll just say this, like, I felt like after like four-ish years of doing like that type of job, I felt like I understood that I understood what that role was about, but it wasn't really like making me personally happy. There was nothing that was creatively fulfilling in that, in that job. Um, and for a long time I had wanted to start a creative business, something digitally based, like for like 10 years, that has been like the the dream of like what I wanted to do. Um, and at my day job, there was like a certain point where COVID hit and we all went home. Um, and like, there was some element of like life is super risky. So what am I doing? Um, worrying about the amount of risk in you know, pursuing a creative career. Mm-hmm. And I think there were just like a few weeks where it started to turn around. That was like, wait, what am I, what am I really doing? I go in every day to a job that like is a good job, but doesn't, I'm not passionate about. <laughs> um, yeah. And I looked at my bank account and it looked okay. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm going to leave my job and see what happens. So you mentioned that you, um, a dream of yours had been to start your own digitally based company. Um, were there other ideas that you entertained when you were make, deciding to make this uh, transition? Not at that time. Like I will say in, in the past, like I like would daydream about like all the different things that I could do on the internet because like art and the internet is wonderful. Um, but it like quilting really had become a focus for me in like the year or so like proceeding. So it was a pretty easy jump, I guess. Like it just fell right. <laughs> so yeah. How's the transition been like working on your own? Cause you no longer can have like water cooler chats. Um, <laughs> like I am so much more focused. <laughs> like I loved my old team, but like the hard part is we were all friends. And so I thought I like, got anything okay, done. done. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'll say this. I thought that it would be like, um, 
I thought that it would be kind of like a quiet transition to quilting. I'm an introvert. So I was like, I'm going to be at home alone working. That's great. That's wonderful for me. I'll talk to people like once a week. That's fine. Um, and honestly, like, I feel like there's so much community for quilting online that I feel like I have like my people now. So it feels like I almost have like more coworkers than I would have in an office. So it was pretty cool. Um, in terms of workflow too, like having the control to like, just set my own pace, set my own schedule and like decide what the strategy is. Like that is really freeing too. Um, because in a company, like you're limited to your role, like there's not, yeah, <laughs> there's only so much strategy you can do as an individual contributor. Yeah. What has been like the biggest surprise with now working for yourself and starting a business, something you really didn't expect? The, the community. And like, I was expecting, like, I was really expecting to just be in a room by myself <laughs> with a sewing machine, which honestly sounds great. Still sounds pretty good. <laughs> But like, again, just being able to wake up in the morning and know that there is like a handful of people that I can call on to talk about like business stuff or pattern stuff is pretty amazing. Like I was not expecting that. And that's one of the things I love about the online quilting community. Like everyone is so nice and they're Mm -hmm. so willing to like just help or like just give you like extra advice when you do ask for like for help or you have any questions. It's it's amazing. And like, that's how we've become quilt buzz as well. Like just through random chats and you know, comments. <laughs> Going back to something we talked about before, um, you would ask like how I came across Quiltstagram. And I don't think I answered that. Um, but basically I had not started like a specifically like quilting related Instagram until I left my job. Like that's when that happened. Um, And so I had no idea about all of this community when I left my job. Like I knew there was the internet and I knew that there were quilts. I did not realize like how many people I was going to meet. And it's been pretty cool. You mentioned that you used to work in tech. And I don't know if you mentioned now or if I know this from before, but you used to work as a solution engineer at a tech company and user experience. Um, Do you find that prior um, experience, does that influence how you approach quilting or your quilt pattern writing? Yeah, I, I will say like as a pattern designer, I feel like what we're designing is like not just a quilt. It's also someone's experience of making the quilt. And so that's something that I try to keep in mind as I'm writing a pattern. Um, even as you're marketing a pattern, you're designing somebody's experience of how they see your work, how they feel like they can interact with it and like kind of see themselves in it and be creative with it um, all the way through to like making the final quilt and like having it or gifting it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's from, to say. Mm-hmm. From your experience starting Strawberry Creek Quilts, as well as your prior, what would be like your, what's like a low hanging fruit, um, like easy win for someone just starting out to try to think through user experience? Like this might go without saying, but like look at your pattern and look at your entire process of how somebody comes in contact with your work all the way through when they're like actually making the pattern, like look at all of that through like, what if you knew nothing? What if you knew nothing about who you, who this person was, what they do? Um, you know, what, what are people going to come in contact with? What information are they going to have at each stage? Um, even in a pattern, right. It's so hard to look at a pattern with fresh eyes when you're in the middle of designing. And so I feel like in the editing process, 
just like taking breaks and stepping back and thinking if I had never seen this before, what would my reaction be is like such an important question. I find that's a hard one to do. I know that I can start being very blind to very obvious. I always miss the obvious mistakes. Yeah. And even, even more than mistakes, like, I feel like it's also, um, it's like what somebody's perception or like what they're feeling, what they're going through um, can be important. Yeah. Or like piece, key pieces of information or additional yeah. sort of instructions. Like, you know, you might say like, oh yeah, just based and quote as preferred using your preferred <laughs> method. But like how? <laughs> That's to one of my favorite patterns just to say use. quilt is desired. So <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I, I must admit, like I use that on like pretty much all my patterns as well. So it, it is kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> and also information overload like you don't want that either i'm sure all mm-hmm. of you bring patterns yeah. like that's a that's delicate balance. balance yeah there, i'm i'm an information like overloader <laughs> like <laughs> i'm the kind of person who will give you like 15 steps and you could have gotten away with five and so my big like note to self is to always be like do they really need to know this will they survive without it okay we're gonna take it out <laughs> Yes, exactly. Will they survive? (laughs) Will they survive? Will they make it? So in your online store, you have digital quilt patterns and quilted handmade goods, such as wall hangings, needle books. And have you found that marketing the two categories, the two different goods difficult? And do you approach the marketing differently? So I approach the marketing differently for them. And it is, they are two completely different things. But honestly, I started with quilt patterns. And that is where I'm kind of planning to like spend most of my time is on the pattern writing and pattern design and teaching. Um, But the handmade goods, I've always said that I did not want to sew handmade goods because I don't want to be like a one woman sweatshop. Like it it is really (laughs) hard to make and sell handmade items like props to anyone who does that. So um, I kind of started out saying, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to go there. And then I realized that um, it would be like a really fun, like creative challenge too, to be able to make different things and like put them in the world and like put them in people's hands and really love the aspect of it. And so what I actually do now is I do something that I'm calling like handmade Fridays, where basically on every Friday I'll release like a really small batch of handmade goods. And these are not meant to be made at scale and they are not really meant to be like a core part of my business, at least at this point in time, but they're a good creative outlet. It's an interesting new way to connect with people and then see if some of those items might eventually turn into something that is part of the actual business plan. Do you, are you using mainly Instagram for your marketing and email or are you also using Facebook or a combination of others? I am just using Instagram at this point. And it's really funny. I'm like relatively small. I'm, I'm really small on Instagram right now. Um, but like the engagement in the quilt community is like insane. So I don't really feel like, I don't feel like that's limiting at this point in time. I feel like it's actually great because I can have a lot of conversations. With and I do find that, you know, when you do have a smaller following, like that's where your audience is most engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is one thing that you wish end customers knew about being a pattern designer and or running a quilt shop? As a consumer, I don't think we think about the non-quilt work that goes into doing those things. So like if you are a one person, like if you're one person who is a pattern designer and like selling your stuff on the internet, um, 
You are designing the pattern, you're making all those samples, and you have help from testers, but you're also like the only person who is doing marketing and like sales, accounting, strategy, like it's all just you. And so I think we don't think about like all of those other pieces sometimes. And I'll say, like for me right now, I really enjoy doing it full time. And I really enjoy being able to put that much time and energy into it. But it's only because I I truly love like all the little pieces too. Yeah. If it was just quilting, um, that would be different. What is your, um, (laughs) do you have a least favorite part of the process? Part of the process of pattern. What's the first thing you would hand off to someone else? No, running a quilt shop or pattern design shop. I didn't hand anything off, which is probably <laughs> bad. That's probably really bad. Is that a control issue thing, or something? yeah? Because <laughs> I'm I'm very guilty of that. Okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> it's not that I wouldn't want to hand anything off. I'm sure things like communication can be streamlined, and like, can somebody please come over and like sort my fabric stash? That would be wonderful. <laughs> I was thinking accounting, but yeah. yeah, I would love someone to do my accounting plan. Accounting would be good too. One of the things that I enjoy about like starting with something small like this is that it's just me. Like mm-hmm. I honestly love the flexibility that that gets. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like as soon as you start bringing in other employees, like a lot of your time goes into like instructing other people and strategizing on behalf of those employees you brought in. I don't... I would be happy to just like make whole patterns by myself forever. <laughs> I just talk to my friends on the internet. Yeah. And, I feel, and like, I feel like, and I feel like once you do start inviting people to like give you a hand in that, it's really, it's hard to continue that team morale as well. And you need to stay like, if you're having a bad day, like you, I feel like you can't really show it, right? Like you, yeah, like you have to look like you're, you know what's going on and everything's fine. <laughs> you have to be a good manager. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, even in my day job, I was very much like, I, I don't think so. Like, I I think I would have enjoyed being a people manager in some ways, but I also think it would have burned me out in ways that, like, sitting at my computer by myself is not going to do. <laughs> very different skill set. Yes, extremely. So you recently shared in your um blog that you live in a 400 square foot apartment uh, with your boyfriend and cat so how is it like quilting in a small space and does that affect your decision making when it comes to purchasing tools and fabrics and the number of quilts that you're working at a time or that you're keeping Um, yeah tell us more about that it's really hard to quilt or do any kind of craft that requires materials in like a small space um it absolutely affects what I buy, what I bring in, and like what goes out. Um, so a lot of the tools that I use are probably like, I, I put off like buying new tools for a long time because I don't want to like have to have a ton of storage. And same with fabrics. I will try to buy per project, which doesn't always work because fabric <laughs> is pretty and there's a lot of it. Um, but I'm just really careful about that stuff. And like, even then, I don't have a perfect system. Like I still have too much fabric. I have too many quilts in progress at the same time, like three or four, even like my desk starts to get really messy. Um, so yeah, I don't have any solutions. I will just say that it does affect the day to day. Do you have any quilting goals for this year? 
my only goal is to start fewer projects so that I can finish more projects. <laughs> so I'm like maximum like two, maybe three quilts in a month. And I'm doing this full time. So on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilting questions. Are you ready by Ravi? I think so. Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Sure. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite time of day to quilt? First thing in the morning. Where do you sew? At my boyfriend's desk. <laughs> so <laughs> mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh do you wear shoes while sewing no do you wear socks any kind of slippers in the winter if it's cold music netflix podcasts or the sound of silence while you're sewing youtube and audiobooks and sometimes podcasts what is your current favorite current favorite i've been watching a gardening youtube <laughs> i'm really into it. it's oh, really? refuge oh, farm nice. yeah i like to do one hobby while i learn about another <laughs> what is your favorite snack while quilting Coffee. What kind of coffee? Um, just like drip coffee, milk, no sugar. <laughs> That's my okay. usual Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, favorite traditional blog? Uh, log cabin and courthouse steps. What's your favorite color? I don't have one. All the colors? All the colors. <laughs> what is your favorite brand of solids? Toss up or gallery Kona. Uh, is there a particular like favorite Kona color or art gallery fabric solid color that you like? Yes. Um, so Kona for a while, gold was my favorite, but now I'm really liking just Kona natural. I love that. Kona peach as well, I guess. What color fabric do you use the most? Kona snow. Uh, solids or prints? Solids. Who's your favorite fabric designer? I don't have one. What's the last fabric you bought? I bought a bunch of Kona solids from my local fabric store. Uh, what is your favorite quilt shop? Stone Mountain and Daughter in Berkeley. How do you organize your fabrics? They just go in a bit. Uh, what do you do with your scraps? So those I actually sort by color. That's like the one thing that's organized. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? Hair marker. What's your favorite roller size? Three by 18. What thread brand do you use? Artfell. <laughs> uh, what is your pressing preference? Uh, to one side, preferably nesting. The right answer. Sorry. Silence. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping that you're going to say open. But I'm kind of disappointed. Why? I'm just a little <laughs> disappointed. But that's all right. I always get thread showing when I press open. But it's cool. It it's, work for me. Yeah. it's cool. It's cool. I, mean, I get it. <laughs> I started binding quilts where the, the seams are pressed open. And like right near the binding, it starts like splitting apart. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. But that's, that's why I, I don't press open, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pick one, HSTs, curves, or flying geese. Flying geese. Do you have a go-to long-arm quilter? I've never gotten a quilt long-arm before. Neither have I. Same. Okay. I do not have an answer. Well, do you like to machine or hand quilt? Um, both. And machine hand bind? Machine bind. Uh, spray, pin, or thread based? Pin right now. Um, sometimes thread. Do you pre-wash your fabrics? Sometimes. What is your favorite part of the quilting process? The sewing. <laughs> the <laughs> sitting on my machine and like the piecing. <laughs> What's your least favorite part of the quilting process? Trimming. What is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? I think I put my needle down too fast and then the thread gets sucked in like every single time. So. Who is your quilty BFF? Um, Amanda Smith, the quiltsmith. Who's your quilty crush? Probably Toad and Sew. And what is your favorite recent make? This is hard. Um, 
probably my recent tone, so I feel like that's too repetitive with the last answer, but honestly, <laughs> her patterns are, like, so good. <laughs> You're fangirling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How many quilts are in your whip pile right now? Four or five. Where do you store your work in progresses? They're in a pile <laughs> next to the desk, <laughs> honestly. And do you have any other interests? Yes, I garden. Which might explain the YouTube. I, I really like to garden and I like to grow flowers. And um, I've also been hand building ceramics like badly, but like it's really, it's really fun. So. Do you have space to garden in your apartment? Do you have a little? I have a city community garden plot. Oh, nice. So it's a mini garden. I hope that one day I will have a giant garden, but for now, it's good. <laughs> so before we wrap today up, we have just a couple more questions for you. Who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay, um, I jot these down so I get the handles right. Um, so the first is Public Library Quilts, which is Jess. Um, honestly, I just think that everything she shares about quilting is really cool, and she talks a lot about um, like historical milestones and like diversity in quilting and social justice stuff. Um, so it's a good mix, and I just like her like attitude towards it. And she's a librarian. I, I somehow feel like she brings that to her Instagram. Um, yeah. And then another one, um, fashion revolution. So that's, uh, fash underscore rev, um, on Instagram. And I like, I found them recently and they talk a lot about, um, garment production and they talk about where clothes come from and where fabric comes from. And I think it's just nice to be reminded that like everything has to be made somewhere. And that's not just a quilt, but like all the fabric that we work with, like having that ethically produced when we can is really important. And then let's say for the third one, I just jotted down so liberated um, because that is a clothing pattern company that I really love. And I feel like I get a lot of inspiration from them. And they recently re-released a free quilt pattern. If I was interested. Oh. Okay, so before we sign off, do you have any fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with our guests? So I am working on the pattern for my Redwood Coast quilt. So that is coming out July 8th, and it might already be out when the podcast yes, comes out. It will. Yes, well. So I will have just released that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on that note, everyone keep an eye out for that new pattern. Uh, we need to wrap today up, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can be found most easily on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I am the Dot Weekend Quilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wade Studio. And bye, Ravi. I am at Strawberry Creek Quilts. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com, for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>